The Hornets lose a tough one against Philly again, but the rookies show out. We talk about that today with Nick Carboni on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want and you don't need. They can even negotiate better deals on those that you do want to keep. So again, thank you to Truebill for sponsoring this episode. And our guest, Nick Carboni, actually is a subscriber to Truebill. Like, if he's doing it, if we're all doing it, then you need to get on it too. So Nick Come Carboni. On guys. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Seriously. Get Track your spending. Nick Carboni, WCNC. You can find him on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Going to be joining us to talk about a tough loss. Man, Nick, I wanted that one. Yeah. I really wanted that one to happen Everybody because did. there's no way anybody called it. Second night of a back-to-back. Then you add Ish Smith going out after his good game on top of Terry, LaMelo, Mason, Jalen. And here we are going against... The, the the biggest bugaboo that the Hornets have by far in the NBA. They can't beat Philly. They lose their 15th straight. And there are a lot of games that are real similar to how they lost in this one. Very close, overtime type of contest. Uh, like big time story enders. Philly just crushes them. It happens again last night. I really wanted that victory. Yeah, and I think people wanted it so badly because it's just one that, you know, you see all these players that you don't normally count on for anything, and some that you do with Miles Bridges and, and Kelly Oubre and others, uh, just fighting and fighting and fighting tooth and nail and coming off of a game where they did the same thing in Atlanta to win that game and kind of steal one when four players were announced to COVID protocol. Then you add Ish Smith, as you mentioned, and you have James Booknight, you have JT Thor and, and Nick Richards all scrapping for minutes, all keeping the Hornets in it, giving the Hornets leads throughout most of the game. Uh, and, and, you know, injecting just all that energy back into Spectrum Center. That's really been there all year. But last night was a game you thought maybe it would just kind of be a dead night and, and a game against Philly that, that wouldn't be very close. I think, I think I probably gave the Sixers too much credit coming into the game. I know they haven't been like world beaters, beaters this year, but, you know, as we'll get to uh, in terms of the Hornets, they're, they're kind of they rent that headspace a little bit in the last mm-hmm. few years. So that, that was part of it too, I think. Well, yeah, and that, that's a good point. I mean, pointed that out yesterday as well, that it's not exactly the Philly from last year. They are undergoing some problems right now. We all know about the Ben Simmons drama, but even then, they had come out of the gate hot without ben, ben Simmons, and now you know they're they're not nearly the Philly team, even the way that they were playing really the first 10 games of the year. Even so, Joel Embiid goes for 43, and the Hornets still have a shot. I mean, that that would have been the most predictable thing. In fact, I think I, I tossed around the number like 37-38, a very Giannis-like game. Sure enough, he scored more than what Giannis did against Charlotte because he he's probably the worst matchup ever for the Hornets. I mean, a top 10 player in the NBA that is that dominant, that physical. We haven't had an answer for him 
ever. <laughs> I don't think the Hornets have ever had an answer for Joel Embiid. And so he goes for 43 and they still have a shot. You mentioned the number one story, though. It's the fact that JT Thor, the second youngest player of this NBA draft class, comes in and has every single NBA fan account tweeting about the Thor dunk, the hammer on Andre Drummond. <laughs> coming in and having a nasty block, coming in and scoring eight points. And what's funny is he was the only player that saw minutes in this game that didn't score 10 or more, but still scored eight, still was involved in a lot of different areas, gave you a lot of flashes. Look at that beautiful dunk of JT, the crazy long wingspan. In fact, I think he had a top three wingspan in this NBA draft class too. He comes in, gives you good minutes. And then James Booknight, not necessarily playing aggressive, but scored 11 points. Also had what was just like an erratic energy type of dunk off the putback. So fun. I, both of those guys coming up with highlight plays. Then Nick Richards coming in, giving you double digits, 5 of 5 from the field, 18 minutes. You, you saw the youngins come in and help out the Charlotte Hornets against Philly and almost get what would have been just a huge victory. Yeah, I mean, I think JT Thor had played 14 minutes all year. He comes in and plays 20 and, you know, has the energy on both ends. James Booknight, as has been well documented, uh, has played, I think, 20, uh, 22 games, all, 22 minutes all year or not not that many minutes. He played. Yeah, 22 I mean, last just night. came off the six. Right. And JT Thor had like, you know, double digit against Atlanta. And that was it. I mean, it, what we saw was a lot of the minutes that they had kind of from that Atlanta game. I mean, they weren't playing at all. Yeah, for those guys to be ready is what I'm trying to say is is and to be put in a moment like that and produce and bring the the kind of requisite energy and intensity that it takes. Although they didn't win, to win an NBA game of that nature was really good to see and that's a credit to them, especially Book Knight who, you know, would be understandably frustrated uh by the lack of playing time as a lottery pick this year, but um you know, if he is, he he didn't didn't show he channeled it in the right way um so that was great to see and that's also a, a good sign of, of good coaching and development is to uh you know and drafting is to draft the the correct players with the right mindset and um you know to know that that you can count on them at some point i mean there's a litany of reasons that i mostly side with that book night just hasn't gotten a lot of run yet mm -hmm. um it, it was not a lot of run at all. Maybe a few more minutes would have would have been good. But, um, you know, I kind of understand it. Now with Ish Smith out, if Book Knight wasn't playing last night, there, there would have been some, right. some some concern. But he played, uh, he he produced, he came up big in, in a big moment. And uh, that was good to see. I mean, I think it was a a lot of positives from, from last night's game. Although, you know, God, you know, with Philly on the ropes like that, during this stretch without all these guys due to the COVID protocol, you would really love to have that one because there's no guarantee that's going to happen again on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, book night, 11 points, five rebounds. We were wondering yeah. who was going to kind of step up and take over for LaMelo Ball. Cody Martin getting the minutes and, and good production from Cody Martin at the point guard position. But it seemed like just sort of the energy, the hops, the pace – uh, was coming from Book Night that that amazing uh, that amazing dunk that he had. I mean, my goodness! Uh, three Philadelphia 76ers standing around watching Book Night sky through the air to grab that offensive rebound and put it back. Uh, four from eight from the field, uh, only only one three. But man, I mean, Book Night was just incredible. The the energy from that guy was insane. Yeah, and and I remember 
Jones talking about the beginning of the season. They all took that trip down to Miami. They had the dunk contest, and they and Kai Jones was saying James just has the most effortless type of rise in his game, and it, it seemed like it was effortless going up to grab it with one hand. But then it's almost just like he's so loosey goosey in the air, and then slams yeah. it. You know, it's almost like he's given the motion between the arms, and then boom, it goes to the hoop. And we just had—I mean, it was stupid. I thought I thought worldwide Wob came up with the most excellent word to describe it said just hilarious hops because it was it was <laughs> yeah. funny i mean just kind of it, w- it was comedic the way that he was able to slam you it know, the way he was all, all three of us have been watching professional basketball for a long time and, and these are some of the greatest athletes doing some of the greatest things uh, that we see on a night to night basis so few things i think leave me personally speechless um but i was just sitting there in awe of what i saw from book night i love the young guys getting up that high uh that soon and the thing is book night uh, almost had too much energy. There was one point where he had a turnover uh, just trying to go too fast, and you loved, and I think Dell pointed this out on the broadcast, Cody Martin going up to book night and saying, hey, young guy, slow down. And Cody's he's been in that position. He knows mm-hmm. about the player development that goes on with this organization, and so you love to see that trickle down. These guys have been playing with each other. They've been playing in this system. And, you know, that's why they're holding it together right now, despite having you know, so many of their point guards out and so many players out in general due to this uh, protocol. Uh, they've just been playing together for a long time. They know each other. They know Borrego. They trust each other. And it's just been amazing to see. Yeah, this would not have happened even a year ago. Uh, right. Just the way they've drafted and, and put together that position. You're exactly right. Uh, and that's that's one thing I'm still getting used to with this team is like, OK, like they can handle – more adversity than they have been able to in the past. This even, will make even them hopefully stronger. Dating back to last year, exactly when when a couple guys go out late in the season and they completely free fall. Uh, you haven't seen that at least through these these two games so far, and even at the beginning of the season when you know they just didn't have full strength uh, from the very from the very get go this year. And real quick, one one thing, um, they're built for this. Uh, th- there were some quotes after the game from Kelly Oubre saying they don't run a lot of sets anyway. I mean, there's this this team is positionless uh, by Cupchak design. We've finally gone out and gone and gotten those players that can play positionless basketball, can guard multiple positions, and now you're seeing the fruits of that labor. Uh, that this is this has been amazing to see. Well, that that's kind of been the vision from Mitch all pretty much his entire tenure when he drafted yeah. Miles, he drafted PJ, drafted Jalen. That was kind of the vision for him. And then you you mentioned Cody Martin telling Book Knight to slow down. I mean, Doug, I remember both of us coming into one episode and having the same thoughts. Cody was just flat out scared of the basketball for a little while his rookie year. Right. You know, we know about Cody Martin not exactly being just really just being calm out there on the court and sure enough um you know, he's gotten to be a rotation player. What what he's doing right now is really impressive. All right. I tweeted it out. There is an absolute curse against Philadelphia. And I think with any curse, in order to lift it, you need to find the root of the problem. And I think I found the root of the problem. We're going to talk about that coming up in the next segment. I do want to discuss Truebill, though, really quickly. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. So don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill instead to take control of your subscriptions. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions all the time so you don't have to. 
They also have 2 million users, and they've helped save them over $100 million. That's right, $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And with all that savings, it's not like you need a ton. You can go out and purchase a Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future, too. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers. It's also trusted by me. So try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. Let's lift the Philly curse coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And you have to wonder, is there a time for them to do that now? <laughs> no, is, is he mad at the center position? I mean, it's, it's, yes. It's, yeah, God. Mitch, make a trade. <laughs> Adam, that's just good. That's just good sports talk right there. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, I have to ask you before we lift the curse, uh, how scared were you that your guarantee was not going to be true and the Hornets almost scored 130 <laughs> because of an overtime that was gifted to them? No, I was I, so I was already working on my backtrack. I was going to say, in regulation, <laughs> I meant they weren't going to score 130 points against the Philadelphia 76ers in regulation. And I also want to backtrack on, you know, we didn't say that if uh, if – Joel Embiid missed three shots. The Hornets mm-hmm. were guaranteed to win. What we said is that Joel Embiid needed to miss three shots in order for the Hornets to have a chance to win, and that was absolutely true because had he hit that final basket instead of missing it, his third miss, if that was mm-hmm. a make, the Hornets would have lost. And, and, so we were right, and I was right. Just an excellent Branson backtrack. It's a staple here in the Lockdown Hornets <laughs> podcast, and we appreciate you, Doug. All right, let's lift the curse. And so I was doing some research. You guys saw the tweet yesterday that this is the 15th loss in a row that the Hornets have suffered <laughs> to Philadelphia. What are we, the and Detroit before- Pistons? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 excruciating too, right? Because you go back to just a couple of years ago, and then you had four games. The 2017-2018 season, the Hornets lost four games in a row to the Sixers by a combined 10 points, and two of those games went to overtime, okay? The second overtime game between the two teams, that was the game that saw Kimba score a franchise record 60 points. Who was the only other player to score 60 points that's under 6-1? It's Allen Iverson, the only other player. So maybe that's a thing that you could try to relay as a curse as well, but that was already well on their way to the Hornets just getting destroyed by Philly. I think that was like the ninth win in a row for Philly. So we could have stopped there. That could have been a checkpoint on our journey to the root, but it's not that. Jimmy Butler, game-saving block, game-saving three, ruins the 60-point performance, Hornets lose. But let's go back all the way to February 13th, 2017. The Hornets were playing the 76ers in Charlotte after just having their six-game winning streak against Philly snapped, okay? So the Charlotte Hornets actually were doing a number to the Philadelphia 76ers. 
Do you remember the, the, the Philadelphia beat the Hornets? The second game they played, Batum decided he was going to guarantee a victory. And he said, we're oh, going to no. win this game on Monday. Oh, no. Well, they didn't. I do remember <laughs> oh, that. no. The Sixers yeah. responded with a 105-99 to <sighs> win at the Spectrum Center, their first win in Charlotte since November 30th. 2012 remember tj mcconnell not happy after the game got the post-game <clears> interview <throat> mean mugging the camera saying we're not going to be punked like that nerland's noel after the game saying we're not the sixers of the process where you can just show up and beat us no we're not going to do that anymore tj mcconnell called it disrespectful nick batum kind of put up his palms and said hey what was i going to say that we were going to lose i stand by it i don't regret my comments and ever since nick batum guaranteed that victory against philadelphia Charlotte has not beaten the 76ers. A French that, curse. my friends, that, my friends, is the root of a the French Philly curse. curse. Okay, I'm pretty, sure I was there. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was there for those interviews that day. Sorry. Hey, Ollie, <laughs> so what's going sorry. on? Ollie, back on <laughs> there the show. He is. Excellent. So you but I don't remember the... it being solicited. Like, I think he just came out and said it. Mm -hmm. It's not like an athlete saying, well, what am I supposed to say to that question? It was just like, no, I think he just straight up guaranteed it. So we have somebody on site at the root of this thing because Nick, again, you go back and look at his comments after he was taking questions and we're like, what else, what else was I supposed to say? I don't regret anything. I've done it a couple of times before, but it didn't no. gather the traction. And the Hornets, I think at that time, they had lost like nine of the 10 games they were trying to get in the postseason. You know, so it was Kimba, it was Nick. It was obviously uh, a salary cap that indicated they were going for the playoffs. So yeah, yeah. that was it. Now, my question is, like, is it just finding it that solves the problem, or do we have to do something? <laughs> no, it has for to, this be to be exercised. How do we exercise this? Do we do it here? Is there a way that we do this <laughs> in the next episode? Because I'm tired of watching them. I didn't bring any sage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, dang it, man! If you would have just brought some sage, then <laughs> maybe, maybe we should we do that to the it. court on Wednesday, like Kyrie did in Boston. I think that's what we need. I, think I don't we'll, think I'd get in trouble for that at all. Uh, no, I think that would be just fine. I think you wear your WCNC T-shirt and then you go. And then your your company can be responsible for, for right. the fact that you live in the good, That would be good publicity for us. Uh, maybe no, I, right. I think I think the answer is way clearer than that. I think the Hornets have to reverse the curse by signing a French player or someone who speaks French to then guarantee a loss. You've got okay. to reverse the curse. Mm. So they need to call up Nando DiColo. They need to call up uh, Gershon, or maybe trade for Gershon Yubisele. Mm -hmm. uh, Alexis Ajinka, I think, speaks French. Oh, we could no. bring, no, we could bring that, him back. That, that's not, that is not something to exercise a curse. That's one to bring something on this team once again. Well, it, it happened. So unfortunately so. At least we found it. Now, hopefully, we can fix these problems going forward. I will say this. If Kelly Oubre continues to play the way he is, then you're not going to be having many problems. Doug, I mean, look, I'm just asking. We talked about certified gamesmanship. We talked about getting that certified letter in the mail. I mean, are you able right now to allow yourself to even think maybe you could send that letter to Kelly Oubre after a 35-point performance? I'll just leave it to you after that. 
Well, we're getting there. We're certainly getting there. He's got a okay. lot. I said he had a long way to go, and you can't you can't go a long way in one game. But I mean, mm-hmm. thirty five point. I mean, he's just putting up incredible offense. Uh, it's incredible offensive production, not just in this game, but but over the course of a couple of weeks. So he's he's certainly getting there. Six of thirteen from three. I mean, he's absolutely on fire. And you know, this team has to have. I mean, the reason they lost that game against Philadelphia is because some other players weren't stepping up and knocking down three point shots. But that wasn't Kelly Oubre's problem. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, Miles, I got I got to put the letter away for now. Uh, 16 points, mm-hmm. one of six from three. You know, needed a couple more buckets there. I liked what he did on defense, but I got to put the letter away for now on Miles. Kelly, I'm working on it. What do you think, Nick? What do you think about Kelly's performance, him coming in as a free agent addition, not exactly being consistent by any means right. for a large stretch of the season and now here? I mean, he's putting up incredible numbers. Really, the last seven games, he scored 18 or more. Yeah, I mean, I think the consistency stuff has been an issue, but I feel like overall it's been a positive. And and I think I would have said that before this latest stretch. I mean, the last six or seven games dating back right before uh, Thanksgiving, you know, averaging 25 points, shooting 44 percent from three um, and and coming up in big moments. I mean, we've seen a lot of Kelly blowing kisses this year, which is his signature (laughs) thing at the end of games. And we've seen it more often than not. So. Uh, but he's been big in this stretch. I mean, two starts here, two really good performances. Um, and if he can he can give you more of those 20 to 25-point performances off the bench when everybody is back and intact, um, he just makes this team so much deeper and so much more talented throughout the roster than they have been in the past few years. So it's a, it's uh, hopefully great, this consistency is, is kind of here to stay a little bit. It's a great point, Nick, and I don't think it should be that much of a surprise that we're seeing this from Kelly because if you remember in his, in his free agency, he – you know, expressed explicitly the desire to come in and start for a team, but he accepted yeah. the bench role uh, with the Hornets, I think under, you know, some idea that he would have a large bench presence and he has, but it yeah. shouldn't be a surprise that now he has been thrust into this starting position that he is taking full advantage of it. And and honestly, I think in, I'm not trying to play like pop psychologist on Kelly or trying to assume what he's thinking, but I, I can't help but think that Kelly is making an audition tape here of like, hey, I'm a starter in the NBA, and and you maybe you should consider this even after everybody comes back. Well, remember at the beginning, too, I mean, we saw him get 35 minutes against Indiana, got 43 against Boston, was playing a lot, but remember, he had that dip on the West Coast road trip. He goes to Golden State, just a, a god-awful game, unfortunate for him, especially against his former team, 13 minutes against Golden State. 14 against Sacramento on November 5th, then against the Lakers on the 8th, scores 18, and that was an, or excuse me, logs 18 minutes. That was an overtime game. He mm-hmm. logs 18 minutes. 16 against Golden State again. Now he's getting more consistent minutes, hitting shots. One, you kind of have to give him those minutes, but he's earning it. I mean, the guy's scoring 18 or more every single, um, every single contest out there. So really nice job from Kelly, the way he's been performing. And he had six makes at the rim. And yeah. 10 attempts, he's doing it at the rim and from three. He's not, like, forcing himself into weird mid-range jump shots. Like, he's playing exactly like you want Kelly Oubre to play on offense. Mm, tough missed layup, though. Tough well, one. Tough, yeah. tough missed layup. That was brutal. <laughs> that was... That was <laughs> That was a little bad. Okay, let's move on to the last segment. Now, before I mention Boost Mobile, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. 
Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. We've got one more segment to go with Nick Carboni coming up. This is Locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, something something that should not be overlooked with this Hornets team is the fact that, yes, it, it's great. We are feeling so happy for this team, the fact that they're competing. They beat the Atlanta Hawks. They almost beat Philadelphia because they're so undermanned, but they're undermanned because COVID and health safety protocols, they're taking everybody. Now we've got five players out, and each player – brings it up, I think, to the nth degree of the worry that you have with this team, maybe having to postpone games. This is the first little mini outbreak we've seen in the NBA at this point. And so now, you know, one, you've got all of these guys out. How big was this loss for the Hornets, having lost to the 76ers, but at least they beat Atlanta? You kind of look at what they're going to do against Philadelphia um, coming up in this next game, you know they've they've got them back to back. You know, so overall, just what kind of uh, what kind of uh, situation do you think the Hornets are in, basketball wise, as well as just the COVID issues that might surround them, maybe getting those games postponed? Yeah, I mean, just in in terms of them hopefully playing the games, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, I think we'll look back on it and say, thank God they, they beat Atlanta uh, that night down there. Um, <clears throat> you know. Philly's obviously a tough matchup and we've gone into that and they get them again Wednesday. And, you know, I'm not sure after these two games, you know, I, I think we just have to kind of wait for these guys to kind of just be like, okay, like yeah. we can't do this every Where's night. Where's the letdown? Yeah. Three players played 40 minutes. I mean, it was overtime. Three players played 40 minutes on Monday night. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking at December 15th, I think uh, Spurs, maybe, for some of these guys to come back to spend, depending on their specific situation from the way that, that I understood it, it was that Terry and LaMelo um, were the, the ones most likely to miss the most time and and be out those 10 days. And maybe everybody else's contact or or who knows with ish because he cropped up, you know, a day or two later, but I still think it has a chance to be kind of a a rough go here. Uh, Not so much the competition, but just on the road. I mean, I don't, you know, I think we lose a little bit of trust in this team going out West from the earlier portion of the season. And now without some of these guys back, I think it's going to be very difficult and exhausting to try to win as many of these games as I can. And, and hopefully they can scratch out a few before they get everybody back. I'm totally with Nick here. When when is this team going to let up? And, and uh, they, I can't believe they have it to this point being down so many players all three of their point guards are out I just tweeted this out these box scores have given us some crazy numbers you're missing all three of your point guards you are playing Cody Martin at the point guard position and you finish this game with 31 assists and only eight turnovers everyone is extraordinarily locked in Uh, Even though they didn't score 130 points, this was a pretty good offensive game. I think they won the battle in the paint against uh, Philadelphia, and they've had to have some Herculean defensive efforts to contain uh, some superstar talent that that, that just generally matches up well against the Hornets. They've had to design defenses around these players. You know, when when are when are they going? When is when is it going to essentially like breathe like? And then you see, you know, a blowout. I, I think it's coming soon, unfortunately. 
Yeah, what, what do you guys think about just Kai Jones not getting any minutes in this one? You know, do, do you mind Kai Jones not getting any, but JT Thor second day, also Vernon Carey, no, you know, nowhere to be found. It seems like Vernon. It, it seems like we kind of got the answer on Vernon just not being a Hornet anywhere close to long term. Like it seems like they've kind of given us the answer. We're we're not we're not worried about Vernon. It's going to be Nick Kai Jones. Clearly, is going to be a developmental project. But even JT Thor over Vernon Carey, it, it seems like the back end of their roster their developmental projects they see fit we've we're getting an answer on that right now yeah clearly i mean anytime you have this many players out and you need these projects to step up the ones that they utilize are pretty telling i think vernon carey among the the kind of big man shuffle Mm -hmm. in, in terms of these projects is is clearly at the back end of it now and it was you know uh surprising telling that the second round pick JT Thor is in over the first round pick Kai Jones. I still think they, they like a lot of what both of those guys do. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, JT Thor was, was ready for a limited moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, maybe Kai Jones was not. Yeah. I think this was, I think it's this, this, the same thing um, uh, that applied to the Atlanta game. They need JT JT Thor's length on defense. and, And I just feel like Borrego, uh, seems to think that JT Thor is more ready to play uh, that defensive role in the NBA than Kai Jones would be. And so it's it's really just a matter of utility and what they need off the bench at this point. Um, Kai Jones, uh, you know, th- they drafted him and we all knew he was going to be a project yeah. and, and he needs a little bit more seasoning. Yeah, and so we'll see exactly if these young guys get any more minutes when LaMelo, when Terry, they start to come back. Probably not. Probably You're probably looking at those guys, you know, when you're talking about um, we're talking about Ish Smith, you know, being the next guy up. And then when he goes out, that's when you start to see Book Knight. But Doug, you think so? I saw you make a, a little bit of a face there. I mean, do you think Book Knight might start to play himself into that rotation a little bit more? Uh, yeah, I think this is an audition for everyone. Also, back to Thor, he played a lot more in Greensboro. You know, Kai yeah. and, and uh, Book Knight were forced to kind of hang out on the bench and watch the pros, and that can be beneficial, but, you know. Um, yeah. But playing, I think, is a lot more beneficial, and that's why they've yeah. started to assign these guys to Greensboro more. Uh, but Thor's been down the lo- been down there longer, and I think that's that probably factors into it as well. Mm-hmm. And with Book Night, I mean, Ish Smith started so hot out of the gate, it made it even tougher. And then you yeah. had the the kind of advancement of of Cody Martin on both ends of the floor, and being as trustworthy as he has been, uh, maybe with Ish Smith kind of dipping lately from that early season sprint. And book night showing James Borrego in a real game against a very good opponent that uh, he can provide something. Uh, I, I would hope that helps him get minutes at a higher rate than he was. I think in a season where you're trying to win as many games as possible, this isn't about player development. This is about wins. Trust matters. And wow. book night playing the way he did last night and JT Thor playing the way he did last night that I think they've gained a lot of trust in Borrego's mind. And and you'll, you'll see that pay dividends it might not be immediate. You know, these mm-hmm. when they get these players back, these veterans, I, I don't expect Book Knight and Thor to to immediately keep minutes. And I don't even expect I don't even expect Kelly Oubre to keep a starting position. But but what happens in February? What happens in March when some guys need rest? I, I think it'll be easy to look at Book Knight and Thor and give them some minutes. Yeah, we have a little bit of time here. There there is one thing I, I think we should address. We haven't talked about the last couple of days. That's Gordon Hayward struggling in in, in the midst of this. Two games competed probably better than we thought. So you look 
this game in overtime, 5 of 19 from the field, 5 of 15 against Atlanta, 5 of 11, which the field goal attempts are more so the point there than really the field goal percentage. You see the three-point percentage, that's bad, has made one in each of the last three games, one of eight, one of five, one of two the last three games. Where are we on Gordon Hayward, how he's affecting the team right now? Only one free throw attempt for him last night, too, against Philadelphia. You certainly want to see him start to step it up. One, just the aggression side of things, and also when he is aggressive, hitting shots. Yeah, I mean, I've said on this podcast before that that I look at everything that Gordon Hayward does and, and how it values the team and what, you know, trading him, as, as a lot of people on Twitter would like to do just about every other day. But I think you do have to get on him a little bit for the shooting, especially in these these couple of games where when they lost all these guys, my first thoughts were like, all right, Miles and Gordon are going to have to carry the team. Miles did a tremendous job on Sunday, um, and neither guy really did much offensively in the game against Philly. So that that's kind of on them. And I know Hayward, you know, he he was very frustrated with himself after the game, to his credit. I mean, he, he talked pretty lengthy at length about it um his shooting just hasn't been great uh this season from beyond the arc um you know numbers a little down otherwise too and you know i hope the other part of this with all these players being out is i think james brago knows he has to keep gordon hayward healthy and limited uh Mm -hmm. in certain spots this season but even dating back to the beginning of the season i'm not sure he knows how to do that and then in this stretch he can't. It's impossible. So he's played every game this year and started every game this year. But how long is he going to be able to keep that up? And, you know, will the circumstances allow at some point some type of rest so that he can be uh, fresh and healthy at the end of the season? That's more my concern at this point with Hayward. Mm-hmm. I think I think, you know, he'll have he'll have better nights. Nice you're, you're worried about two letdowns. What, what, what when's the letdown going to come from the Hornets in this stint with everybody out for yeah. COVID? When's the letdown going to come injury wise with Gordon Hayward down the line? Yeah, uh, he's not playing a, a not, lot. Yeah, not just Gordon Hayward, but a lot of these guys that are putting mm-hmm. a lot of miles, you know, on on their knees and ankles. And you know, when it, when is that going to, or is that going to, uh, show the effects? I mean, I would just say, you know, Gordon Hayward, nine assists, zero turnovers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it. You know, I get it. Twelve points. I get it. Five of nineteen. I get it. He didn't. He only hit one three. Uh, when when they one needed of the ones just... he missed, Book Knight put right back in. So I know. Can we call that a wash. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but he's doing something. Um, this isn't this isn't a Nick Batum situation. Going back to the man that started this whole Philadelphia curse, <laughs> this isn't a Batum situation. Gordon goes out there, and the shooting isn't there, but he's being aggressive. He wants to be a big part of this team and and I think it will it will eventually get there. And I think I think Nick you kind of alluded to it right from the beginning. He's an overall positive still. He's still a good basketball player. The nine assists we've talked about Rick Bennell used the term connector constantly when mm-hmm. talking about Gordon. I think you saw it in this game very much so in the box score. Still an overall positive, still a leader with the Charlotte Hornets squad. Just unfortunately not able to come up with a dub against Philadelphia. Hopefully they can break that curse. Hopefully they can do it in this next game they'll face. Uh, against them tomorrow night. That'll do it for Locked on Hornets today. Thanks again to Nick Carboni for joining us as he does basically a couple times a month every other week, hopping on and talking some Hornets with us. Nick, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Follow Nick on Twitter, by the way, at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Now make sure your second listen after Locked On Hornets is Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Tomorrow, Julian, uh, actually, no, Wes, Wes Bryant. My day's mixed up. Wes Wednesdays. That'll be tomorrow on Locked On Hornets.